Hello and welcome to the Drop Everything Podcast. I'm Scott Show, and today I'm joined by Jasmine Hamilton. Hi! So Jasmine supports uh, Josh Swift, who is the Senior Vice President of Acquisition and Operations uh, out of the Scottsdale office. Uh, Jasmine, why don't you go over a little of what the Acquisition and Operations team does? So not only do I support Josh, who's a Senior VP of Acquisition and Operations, who I mean, in the, on the ZO side, so I guess um, to make it short and sweet for all the pricing of the houses that we do purchase, I'm sure it's a lot bigger than that, but we don't have that much time to kind of cover all that. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I also support Leo Sanchez. He is the senior director of the business agility team. So prior Ooh. to that, they were the new markets team. So they were boots on ground opened all of our markets um, that we are currently in now. And so they just transitioned over to the business I agility that team. team name, business agility. <laughs> yes, I know. They're so agile. Um, it's, so it's great. So yes, it's been a great, um, you know, year and a half since I've been with Zillow and I'm, I'm looking forward to all the other things to come. That's awesome. How is the weather out in Scottsdale? Did you guys avoid the whole smoke fiasco and everything that was going on? So it is, so it's September and we are currently in fall in the rest of the world, um, but it's still a high of 105 today. Oh gosh. So we are above normal and I would like to be in boots, but I have to have sandals on. That is nuts. 105. Meanwhile in Seattle, we're getting nothing but rain now, but after that stint of smoky weather, um, we are very happy to get this. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have had it pretty rough. Yeah. So um, we have a fun episode today. Uh, Jasmine also loves Halloween and horror season. So we're going to be telling two stories from our hometowns that were kind of urban legends where we grew up. Yay. (laughs) Jasmine, do you want to kick us off with the story that you were going to tell first? Yes, I do. So funny enough, if anybody knows me, I'm actually terrified of all things. Oh, me too. Um, So if you like, my boyfriend came in the house and just like said hello and I like jumped out of the chair and he was like I I live here and I'm like I know but I'm like watching something creepy on tv and now I think someone's trying to come in the house and murder me he's like why don't you stop watching that um so it's funny that I love Halloween but yes I'll kick us off so I'm I'm totally with you there too I always try to convince my friends to watch scary movies and they never want to watch them they're like why do you constantly try it's like I'm scared to watch them alone so I need people to watch them with I know it's so funny my boyfriend's like I don't want to go to a haunted house with you I'm not watching any scary movies (laughs) oh speaking of haunted houses with this whole COVID crisis thing going on have you seen uh like kind of crazy methods of what they're doing that uh it, it sounds really cool we have this big farm that used to do a scary uh, haunted house over here. Okay. And now they're doing a drive-through experience where you just stay in your car. You can have up to five people in your car and you buy tickets. And it's like a 45-minute drive-through experience where you slowly drive through the farm and stop at certain areas and they creep you out while you're like all within the safety of your car. Oh, well, that sounds terrifying and like a scary movie that we're going to see in like six months. <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds really fun. I'm going to try to gather up some friends to do that. Just don't be the driver. No, definitely not. (laughs) So to kick us off, I am from Riverside, California. I moved there right when like high school started. Um, And so I am going to be doing a story about the Mission Inn Resort and Spa in Riverside, California. It's very, very popular 
in the like holiday season they like light it up and have christmas lights and like weddings there so super cute um but also super creepy because there is the story behind it is haunted it's haunted by two people uh frank and alice miller were their names um and they are the kids of christopher miller who originally built the hotel um back in I want to say like 1880. Um, Ooh, so way back. I know way, way back, way before. I mean, we, I was even, you know, thought of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. So it started off like just as 12 rooms, um, nothing too big, you know, nothing, nothing too small. And then once Christopher kind of just bought it after he built it, he started to like add stuff on, turn it into, a hotel and then eventually like what it is now mm-hmm. so like any other normal hotel you know it wasn't haunted when he obviously owned it um but then you know everybody dies as he did um and his kids and so basically um alice's room was on the fourth floor um which now if you were to go in there if you're like checking into the hotel you'll kind of hear Alice singing like Mm. random empty rooms, which is, I think is if I heard anybody singing in an empty room, I think that I would probably panic and Oh, I would be gone. Yeah. I would be like, I have to exit. Um, So (laughs) we are staying somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, we, I don't care how much money it is. We're actually leaving this establishment and we're going to have to find another place. So Frank's room was on the Northeast corner um, which is like the hot spot for like all of the like activity. Um, so like the bridal suite, um, room 215, um, and stuff like that. That is where you see like all of the like crazy stuff. Um, so basically there have been stories that guests have been touched. Um, they have been pushed, uh, cell phones just randomly like failing and falling, um, and I think that like the creepiest part is like just kind of seeing like the blue orbs that kind oh. of go across like the room. Um, and then, like I said, Alice sings um, and they just kind of like walk down hallways. So creepy. So did something horrible happen to this family that they haunted or they just passed there and I like they, they linger there? there and they just kind of never left. Um, it's just been kind of that's just been kind of their home. Um, and so basically they spend a lot of their time there. Um, I know that if they see you and you see them, they kind of disappear into, you know, obviously, I don't know what that would be. Is it, is it a wall? They disappear to a wall? <laughs> they just fade into I the mean, wall. I don't know what that, I don't know what that's like. I mean, I feel as if I, if I see a ghost, I'm not like, yeah, there was just like a person standing right there. Cause they obviously don't look like people. They look like ghosts, but people are like, probably like you're crazy yeah i I definitely never want to see how it happens (laughs) no no so it's it's the thing that like kind of creeps me out the work uh the most is that usually when you hear these stories you don't really know anybody that's experienced it um but since we are in the riverside market with zio um it's really close to kind of like the mission hotel and one of the individuals who actually went down to the Riverside Market to visit, was staying there with his wife and family. And they were like in the room and they just started to see like this blue light, like in their room when they were like trying to go to sleep, like just across their room. 
And they were like, what is that? <laughs> like, what is that? And what is going on? And then like their air conditioning unit was like kind of acting yeah. funny. Um, so I think that they were just kind of panicked for like the rest of their stay there because obviously you hear these hunted stories and you're like, oh, it never happened to me. Um, so I mean, just me talking about it gives me the chills because yeah, I would never <laughs> even want to book there. Like, no, I take the chance. <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm saying, so it's like super creepy. They should probably turn it into a haunted house for Halloween. <laughs> that would be funny. So yeah, but that, I, that's my story. I mean, I, I don't think I'll go there when I go home for the holidays. I think I'll skip it. No kidding. Yeah. Thank, nice story. Thank you for the heads up because I will also not ever go there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm originally from Chicago and I actually didn't find a Chicago story that really called out to me. Um, there was one really good one about the old Oriental Theater and the fire there, but it didn't just, I don't know, it was another ghost story. So I decided to go with the Seattle one that had like a bit more ground in reality. Um, If you know Washington and Seattle, oh my gosh, we are, for some reason, uh, plagued with serial killers back in the day. Oh, that Um, sounds inviting. Yeah, we had quite a few for some reason. So this one is actually um, the Hex of Jake's Bird. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. But now I'm going to be terrified to go to visit Seattle or Washington in general. So this one at least was semi-targeted, so I don't think he goes around haunting random people. Oh, thank God. Um, so this was back in the 1900s. He was born in 1901, and he was a transient, uh, born in Louisiana. Um, you know, at the age of like you know 17 to 19, he started being a transient, hopping on trains, moving around really often. So no one really kept track of him. Okay. Uh, so eventually, when he made it to Seattle, um, he got caught in a crime where he. He, he bought an axe and broke into someone's home into what he called a robbery gone wrong, but ended up murdering uh, Bertha Clut and her daughter, Beverly Clut. Uh, hacked them to death with an axe. Oh, that, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and apparently he was such a wordsmith that he almost convinced the police officers in his first uh, intake that he was innocent somehow. But there was literally like brain matter on his shirt. And they were like, okay, we, we, we kind of believe you, but the evidence here is clearly very against you, you know? Yeah, that sounds, I mean, like, that's nice of you to try to convince me, but like the evidence <laughs> points to you. Yeah. So he goes to trial um, and he's just, he becomes horribly discontent with the legal system, how he was represented, um, how the jury went. Um, he was just really upset with everything. And at this time, I think he was still denying that he did it. You know, so he was eventually found guilty. And in his closing statement, he was so heated. You know, he said his lawyer didn't do justice by him. The legal system didn't. This whole trial was a sham. And he said, I'm putting a hex on all of you. And all of you will die before I do. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like, a, it was. Some, I want to say it was like some like 20 minute closing statement that he gave after when he was upset. And it was crazy. Um, so, oh, no. Uh, yeah. So uh, he was super upset about that. He went back. And his execution date came around. Um, before that, while he was in jail, though, he eventually admitted he was the axe murderer and also confessed to over 44 other murders that he wow. did while he was a transient. Yeah. So this guy was, who knows if he actually did them all. You know, sometimes when they're in jail, they just like to tell stories because there's not a lot to do. Right, but right, right. 
something tells me if you were willing to hack a, you know, a, a mother and daughter to death and you admit it to 44 other murders, you probably at least did a, a handful of other Oh, murders. 100%. Like, you're just, I mean, 44 may be a bit much, but maybe like a half of that. Yeah, you know? he's probably dabbled. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he ends up, ha- you know, getting executed back in the day. And none of the people died before he did like the hex, but in a, it was just a very strange occurrence that five of the people directly related to his case passed within a year. Stop and, it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And the judge passed within a single month of him dying. Oh so my God. The people that passed after he put the hex on, like everyone involved in the court system was the judge that sentenced him died a month after the sheriff that did his initial intake died the court reporter covering the case that was doing all the press releases died um the tacoma police officer that did his uh his second intake died and his defense attorney that he was so upset about those are all like prime people in his case and so that's not a coincidence at all it's so creepy all within a single year then that's that's an quite a bit and and these aren't all old people you know like a couple of them were 46 one of them was only you know a couple of them were 46 so you know they're not all old people it was just a no. really creepy coincidence or is it a case of the jake bird hacks i don't know i think it's the case of the of the, the jake bird hacks like, <laughs> still i mean look i'm not i don't like go around thinking that like witches are real or like spells are real but like come on like no, I feel it. as if there's still something creepy going on with people who can actually do that. So I'm 100% in that that was not a coincidence. Super creepy coincidence or hex. And I got to tell you, when I was researching this and having to look at pictures, just pictures from back then are so creepy to look at. And seeing his face staring at you while you're doing it, and I'm just like, oh God, I can't do this I for too long. The pictures kind of just make the story like a little bit more real. Because when you're reading about it, you're like, okay, this is like creepy but when you start to see like actual pictures you're like oh my god like that is so weird like it just kind of makes you feel like you're there a little bit so yeah like yeah. it's like super weird oh my god are you, are you doing anything fun for halloween this year um well um funny enough my boyfriend and i's anniversary happens to be on halloween oh my gosh what a fun date <laughs> i know um we had our first date on halloween which is super weird because it was a Monday when we first started dated. Um, we're dating. Um, so I don't have any distinct plans, but Halloween's like my favorite time of the year. Um, so I would love to do something fun, preferably creepy, uh, maybe a corn maze. But, you know, since COVID is here, I'm unsure that we'll be able to do anything like that. Yeah, I saw that the same farm I was telling you about earlier with the drive through experience mm-hmm. is also doing um, a socially distanced corn maze. So Unfortunately, it's not very mazy. You can only go through in one direction and it tells you where to go and you have to stay spaced out. And they said it's more just like a nighttime thing to take in the air and, you know, kick back your legs after you've done the scary experience. Yeah. Well, see, I think corn mazes, I mean, I don't go to them often, but I mean, I think that they could be still be a thing like socially distanced because I don't, I mean, I don't really think they're like super crowded to where you're like on top of people, but I guess if like, there's people jumping out on you like that could be a potential problem yeah we went as um we went as a group for work uh i think it was two years ago now it was pretty fun oh how fun i miss people <laughs> i know <laughs> so, to close things out i always have to ask jasmine what is your favorite food 
Ah, my favorite food. Um, honestly, I love anything sushi. Oh, yum. And I live in the wrong state for sushi. (laughs) (laughs) You have to come visit Seattle more. We're in a great place for it. I don't even want to talk about it because I love Seattle. I loved it when I got to travel there for work. And now I just feel like it's just going to be a very long time before I get there. Oh, well, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, remember to always have a plan. And be ready to drop everything.